0: Hasn't it been a wonderful day? A wonderful day. Beautiful, beautiful weather. Get a little age on you, and every day's a beautiful day. Every day's a lovely day that you don't have to spend in a hospital or a doctor's office or in the nursing home. So it is a wonderful time that we are having upon this earth. For the few years that we managed to be here. God has been good to us. We've had oxygen to breathe and food to eat and water to drink. We've had clothing for our body. We've had so many blessings that it's very difficult to always enumerate them. Our prayers become so long that we think, I've got to shut this off and, oh, I forgot that blessing and I forgot that blessing. Well, maybe you can pick it up the next time. Tonight's time together is going to be a time of growth for us I know that some of you men, some of you women need to grow spiritually I know that some of our boys and girls and parents grandmas and grandpas need to grow spiritually and I'm going to strive tonight to help us to grow in the area of mercy in the area of mercy you go to your bible and this particular word is used in the bible over 260 times so it must be something that's important something that the holy spirit thought that we needed to have in our life something that god wanted to reveal to man now think about this god wants you to be a lover doesn't he he wants you to love God wants you to be perfect, doesn't He? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. He wants you to be perfect. Well, God wants us to be merciful. And a lot of people say, "Well, you know, I was merciful back there in 2005. At one act, that was a merciful act that I did. I'm merciful." No, you're not merciful. You did a merciful act. But you are not merciful. In fact, we are not a merciful, meaning a benevolent, kind, considerate, gracious person until we do that naturally. We don't have to think about it. It just comes natural for us to not want to be mean and hateful and vindictive for us not to want to be the kind of person that goes into every discussion and every event in their life wanting to fight and win the battle. We've got to be naturally merciful and that's going to require a lot of growth on the part of some of us here. Now there are some of you here tonight that are by nature more merciful than others. And there's some of you here tonight who are more merciful at your age now than you were at that age back then. But there are some of us that are hard chargers. We're going to win. We're going to fight the fight and win the battle every time no matter what because That's our nature. We've got the biggest challenge tonight. To learn to be merciful. Do you realize that the one request in the New Testament that is most often made of Jesus Christ by other people is, Be thou merciful unto me. Study your accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, extremely full. Luke, extremely full. Mark, not as much. And uh, John, not as much. But just study it. The request made by people be merciful unto me. And most of these people that are asking this are in dire straits. They have sickness or a sick relative. They have a disease. They have seen themselves as an out-and-out sinner. And they're saying, be merciful to me. But if you go back into the Old Testament, especially if you read the book of Psalms, over and over again, the psalmist will say, be merciful unto me, O God. In fact, it may be stated twice in one verse. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. Read the 57th chapter beginning of verse 1. It's amazing that people, when they stand in the presence of the Almighty God, are requesting that He be merciful, benevolent, kind, considerate, good to them. Do you know why? Do you know why that request is there? Because many of these people realize they didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve it. Their life called upon them to die. Maybe to be stoned to death. Maybe to leave this earth with leprosy or some malady of the body. They realize I've got this coming. But God, be merciful to me. What a request that we have in the Bible. So, because it's stated so many times, the mercy of God, the graciousness of God, so many times in the Bible, it's a good study, isn't it? And maybe you need it. If you don't, the person next to you may need it. And you may be able to leave this assembly tonight and point out to the person next to you, you're not showing mercy. You're not granting me any mercy. And you know what they may come back with? You don't deserve it. What if God said that to me and you? You don't deserve it, my friend. You're begging for my mercy? What have you done to deserve my mercy? You know what he'd say? I'll grant it. And you're not deserving of it. But I'll grant it. And we're going to read some passages tonight that's going to bring this very much into our lives. And you're going to leave here tonight. And tomorrow, maybe even tonight, you're going to think about this lesson. And you're going to be a different person. That is, unless your heart is so hard that you can't be taught from the word of God, unless you're like a duck and the water just flows off its back. If your heart is tender and you can allow the gospel to go into your heart and allow God to speak to you tonight, you'll find you'll be a different person in the way you treat your neighbor, in the way you treat your employees, in the way you treat your employer, in the way you treat your family and your friends. You're going to be a different person because this is what God wants us to do be a different person there is an account given in Luke chapter 18 if you want to turn there you can do so in the 18th chapter of Luke we have two men and I want you to note what the one says and how far away from the other man was even the concept of mercy I'm in the 18th chapter, and it says in verse 9, He also, Jesus, taught this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, that they were treating their fellow man the right way. And, you know, we may be saying that tonight. Hey, I treat everybody right. Do you? Do you all the time? Two men went into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. i tell you what, God, here's what I do. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But beat his breast, and here's what he said. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, which one of those two do you like? Would you not say the man that said, but which one of those two are we more like? Which one of those two are we representing? And it goes on to say that the one man was exalted because of humility. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Do you realize that in order to save people like me and you, that God had to have a great mercy and he had to be rich in mercy and that's exactly what the New Testament says. In First Peter, we have his account given about that. And he said in the first chapter at verse number 3, God, who is great in mercy. And when Paul thought about God and his great mercy, he didn't say it that way. He said in Ephesians 2 at verse 4, he is rich in mercy. You know what that means? If he's rich in mercy, he never runs out of it. He's never empty when it comes to mercy. He's rich in mercy. Now, since the lesson's for me and you, how great is our mercy? How rich, do we ever run out of being merciful to our fellow man and become merciless? Well, that was a merciless attack you put on him. You didn't show much mercy towards your brother or your sister then, did you? See, sometimes our account runs out of mercy too quickly. We expect God to be great. We expect God to be rich in mercy. And we think that it's okay for us to do one act of mercy back in 2005 and that to be enough? Is that what we're expecting? And we've written that down in our little log and at the judgment we're going to open our book. Did you you see what I did back then? And he's going to say, did you see what I did for you every day? See, mercy is something that is usually shown by a superior to an inferior. That's the reason the criminal throws himself at the mercy of the court. Judge, yes, I'm guilty. I throw myself at your mercy. Rather than 30, give me five. And if a judge gives him 15, he's still shown him mercy, hasn't he? Sometimes because we are the superior, you know, we may be a little higher on the social ladder. We may be a little higher in this area or that area. Because we are a little on the superior side, we think that it's okay for us to not show as much mercy to the underlings. But that's what God has done. What are you? You're the underling. I'm the underling. God's the supreme one. He is the grand one. He is the universal being, and for him to for what did that song used to say for such a worm as I? We didn't like that, so we changed it some of our song books to for such a one as I. It sounds better. But the superior Supreme Being showing us, Kindness and benevolence and goodness is the supreme one who can say, Away with you. Be gone. That's the end of it. And yet, He shows us mercy. He shows us mercy. I'd like for you to turn to the 12th chapter of Romans. I want to study just a little bit in the 12th chapter of Romans. There is something at the beginning of this book that uh, I guess I could say that I hadn't noticed for decades and decades and decades, as the preacher would say. But I noticed it. And when I noticed it, and it came out at me, I wondered, what have we got going on here? There's something going on. Now think about it with me. I'm in the first verse of the 12th chapter. And see if it jumps out at you when I read this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he goes to verse, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But let's back up to verse 1. He said, I am making an appeal to all of you Christians. Based on the mercies of God. Do you see that expression? The mercies of God. And when I got to thinking about that, my thought was, Dwight, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the mercies of God. Your mother and dad wouldn't have made it had it not been for the mercies of God. If it hadn't been for the mercies of God, Genesis 6 was chapter 7, 8, and 9 following would have destroyed everyone. But the mercies of God preserved the human race, preserved Noah. Everything is based on the mercies of God. He didn't have to. He was a supreme being, but he did it. And now, based on the mercies of God, what we can do, if you look down in verse number eight now, let's skip down, but everything based on the mercies of God, based on the mercies of God, then you should be one, the ending of verse eight, who does acts of mercy with joy in your heart. It should make us happy, cheerful. To act like God has acted toward humanity. It should rejoice our heart when we do acts of mercy. Well, what are acts of mercy you're sitting there thinking? I don't know what they are. I'd be doing them. Well, let's go into a list. Look at verse number nine. One of them is, you let your love be genuine. You don't have counterfeit love you don't have feigned love or fake love your love for your brothers your love for your neighbors your love for your family is a genuine love for them you're not just playing up to them to find their weakness so you can overcome them playing up to them so they'll give you something every once in a while i've got a five-year-old granddaughter and she'll come up to me and she's She calls me grumpy grampy sometimes. I wouldn't have any idea why she'd call me that, would you? Grumpy grampy, she'd say, I love you. And I'd say, what have you got in mind? She's a con artist. And you know, sometimes we're con artists. We act like we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We act like we love our neighbors. We act like we love this and that, but... Sometimes we don't stick with them. If they do something a little bit awry, we say, well, I'm not having anything to do with them. I'm not cutting them any mercy. So one of the things that mercy does, it loves and it loves genuinely. And then look down at verse 13 what it says. It contributes to the needs of others. It contributes to the needs of... Of the saints, well I'm not going to help them I mean I've got the wherewithal to do it but if they'd worked hard like I worked hard and if they'd kept their body healthy like I've kept my body they'd have money too I'm not helping them wow mercy where'd you go where did you go did you ever misbehave in your life did God still provide the sunshine and the rain in your life Still provide the oxygen? Was he good to you and when you weren't that good? Does he allow the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike? Absolutely. So one of the things it does, it says it will give to the needs of others. Look down at verse 14. I'm not going to hit all of these, but I'm just down to verse number 14. If there's someone that's harming you, persecuting giving you a hard time, well then that gives you the right to jump right back in their face. Notice what he says. Blessed are those who persecute you. You are to bless them and do not curse them. You know how difficult that is to be merciful in a case like that? Huh? They're trying to cut your legs out from under you and you're supposed to bless them? Take a lot of mercy to do that, won't it, my friends? Anybody here need to work on that a little bit? Huh? Are you going to work on it a little bit? This is scripture, this is what God says. Just because someone rips you, you don't have to turn around and do the same to them. In fact, if I went all the way to the end of the chapter, it would say you better not be avenging yourself Vengeance belongs unto God. Let him do that. You don't do that. Look down in verse number 15 and notice what it says. Rejoice and weep with others. Have you ever seen someone have success? Maybe get a new house. Maybe get a new car. I started to say maybe get a new wife. I'm not going to say that. Get a new life, get advanced. And someone well, i don't i don't know why it happened to him he didn't deserve it any more than i do and just weep because that guy's happy make you sad because he's happy a merciful person is able to put themselves in the other person's position and if they're rejoicing you rejoice with them and if they are crying over something you do that with them Notice down in verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with folks of lowly estate. Don't be conceited. Why are you not having anything to do with me? I thought you was a Christian. Well, you know, I got a a reputation to uphold. I can't be associating with people like you. You remember Jesus went into the home of a tax collector? Do you know how tax collectors were evaluated in the first century? They had sold out. They were renegades. They were traitors. Sold out to the Roman government. And here he is in the house of a tax collector. You know that Jesus associated with an individual or individuals who had prostituted their life let's just say the different things but but you're beneath me I can't associate with you my friends mercy mercy the way that the God of all mercy has associated himself with us demonstrates to us that there is no one lower than me no one lower than me because I required the death of his son but let's continue to look at this verse number 17 this gets some people in trouble when they try to be more merciful notice what it says it will not repay evil for evil <coughs> pardon me if you do me damage I'm not supposed to do you damage I'm not supposed to do that. Merciful people do not do that. Verse number 18, try this one on. Live peaceably with all people. As much as within you lies, live peaceably with all people. And then look at verse number 19. It does not go out and try to get even. It does not avenge itself. Well, what does it do then? Verse 20, verse 20, a merciful person, if you have an enemy that is hungry, you will feed him. If he's thirsty, you give him something to drink. Have you ever broken the law of mercy? Has God seen you do to someone else, a family member, a neighbor, a friend, a stranger? Has he seen you do something to someone else that you wouldn't have him do to you at all? I'm telling you, my friends, we need to grow up and we need to learn the law of mercy that God has given us in his book and I'm going to read a passage to you. It's one of those passages that just tears your heart out because you don't want to do it. You, you almost want to argue with God and say, well, now wait just a minute. Isn't there a way I can get around something like that? Oh, I'm in the sixth chapter of Luke. I'm going to read it to you. I'm gonna read it to you. It's in the Bible, so I guess I have to. I'll work on this. See, you need to get up every morning, try to be a better citizen, a better family member, a better child of God. And this is some of the things you have to do in order to be better. Are you with me in the sixth chapter of Luke? Maybe you ought to read this every day yourself. Maybe I'm not the only one that needs to do this. If I am, then this lesson's for me and it's not for you and I'm sorry I preached it to you. But if you need it, then use it like I'm trying to use it. You know, we don't have as many years left probably as we've already spent. If we're going to get this thing done, we really need to get started. Because I'll I'll tell you, I am one of those Individuals that, by nature, are not very merciful. Kind of a hard-charging, take-control kind of person. You may not have noticed that in this sweet little guy, but it's in there. Verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And now he puts in a little thought. Passage, Something for you to think about. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even the sinners love those who love them. You're no better than a non-Christian if you only treat other people who treat you well, well. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even the sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Now watch out, it's going to get pretty serious. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High For he is kind, God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Are you still with me? Here we go. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. committed that sin that we're not going to read about with Bathsheba that you probably know about if you don't know about ask me later and we'll talk about it and in Psalms chapter 51 David knew he had committed that sin in the city both Bathsheba and David should have been stoned to death according to the law David knew he had done wrong so he's going to pray a prayer and he starts off that prayer God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Psalm 51. Don't kill me. Be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, it's been a long time since I heard someone start a prayer off like that God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It almost sounds sometimes like we're praying, God, you know you've really made something out of me and I'm sure you're proud of me because I'm doing a lot of good things for you and you really got you a good warrior when you picked me. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of our prayers almost sound like that. David said, God, be merciful to me, You remember the 23rd Psalm? Everybody's got the 23rd Psalm down. About the shepherd. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But when he comes down to the end of the 23rd Psalm, here's what David, the psalmist, is still thinking about the mercy. Surely, listen at it now. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If God's mercy had not continued day after day, not just in the, the sinful days of David's life, but day after day in David's life, he knew that he would not dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But if God's mercy would continue every day in his life, he said, then I'll be in the house of the Lord forever. So, what should follow us every day of our life? When you speak to your children, your grandchildren, your husband, your wife, your Christian brother or sister, your neighbor, are we speaking in a merciful way or do we hear harsh not benevolent but hateful words coming out of our mouth oh what a blessed world it would be if we just follow blessed are the merciful for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven blessed are the merciful I'm telling you the Bible is to change lives that's the reason you want to be a Christian so you can study this book and you can become more and more like the Lord, more and more like God would have you to be and you can become a godly person. God has been so kind, so benevolent, so merciful toward us and he's expecting the same out of us. And as I've already stated twice and I'm gonna state it one more time, that's gonna be more difficult for some of us than for others of you here tonight. Some of you will not have to work as hard at being merciful. By your very nature, you're a more merciful person. Some of us will have to work every day of our life to be the kind of person that God wants us to be. You think, well, I would have been more merciful if I'd have thought about it, but I didn't have enough patience at the time to think about it, and that's the reason I responded the way that I did. Did you hear that, God? <laughs> Does that sound like a good enough excuse? I thought years ago that I just used that excuse. Well, the reason I am like I am is because of my dad and God, you gave him to me for a dad. You need to take it out on him, not on me. He was of that nature, and I just got that DNA. And my genetics shoved me in this direction. But God is going to say, wait just a minute, Dwight. I'll judge your dad based on his life, but I'm going to judge you based on your life. What you've done, what opportunities you've had in your life to live as you ought to. It'll be an individual judgment. See, the reason that we want to show mercy to others and kindness and generosity and benevolence to others is because there's a judgment day coming when we're going to expect that from God. And he says, if you haven't shown mercy to others, then I'm not going to show it to you. I'm not going to show it to you. I'm going to need it one of these days. And so may goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life so that you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dear God, it's in your presence that we come thanking you so much for your merciful acts of kindness toward us. We know that we are your creation. We know we need to follow you. And we're asking for the power, the strength, the wisdom necessary to be the kind of people you'd have us to be. We know we need to grow. Help us to grow in your grace and knowledge every day. We know we need to study your word. Help us to be good stewards of your word. And help us to make application not to our neighbor, not to some family member. Help us make application in our own life. Thank you for loving us to this point. We love you. and We're staking our whole eternity, our whole life on your promise to be with us. Help us to stay with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If tonight you have not come to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then if you are aware of Jesus Christ, you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and you have not come, don't blame it on someone else. It's your fault. It's your fault that you haven't made the response. You may have said, well, I, I would, but I don't like my daddy or I don't like my mama. Or I don't like the way the preacher acts. I don't like the song. You, you can come up with a million excuses, but it's your fault. And so tonight, we want to assist you in putting your Lord on in baptism. Just like he said. As many of you has been baptized into Christ, you've put on Christ. We want to assist you in putting your Lord on in baptism. And if you see in your life a weakness, I don't know what's taking it over. It could be all kinds of sins, all kinds of idols that have taken over your life so you're not dedicated to the Lord. And my friends, some of our brothers and sisters are not as dedicated to the Lord as they need to be. I hope it's not you, but if it is you and you'd like for us to pray on your behalf tonight, that you can be strengthened, be a more powerful individual, be a brighter light for the Lord, then we'll pray for you. But you have to let us know. I'm not gonna come back and drag you out of your seat. You've got to make that choice on your own. God is looking for some volunteers. And if you want a volunteer to be on his side tonight, we'll stand beside you, we'll stand with you We'll assist you in any and every way that we possibly can. Let us know as we stand and sing this song.